Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was now finding. Today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code LISTEN5 at checkout. Valid until June 30th for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omeo. Plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. Guys, today's episode is about a very exciting subject in 1990. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, a little, I mean, there's a little passe now maybe. We got all these mRNAs, all this shit, all this cool stuff in cicada, like deep frying and fucking solar hacking and ransomware. We got all this cool stuff. All right, say the actual thing we're doing. (laughs) Obama was on James Corden talking about UFOs, bro. You got to talk about... (laughs) What we're actually talking about this episode. Okay, well, this episode, we're not going to talk about James Corden no. uh, or Barack Obama. Probably not. Or UFOs. They're out there. God damn it. Okay, what? Well, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Give me a chance to do a hip-hop dance. All right, so this episode, we're going to talk about kind of one of those awesome staples of science fiction and science, cloning. You know, cloning hasn't been super huge in the news recently, and that obfuscates the fact that cloning's chugga-chugga-chugging. We're, like, getting close to cloning all sorts of babies, right? Just mass production, baby. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like, uh, like you were saying, in the 90s, you know, Jurassic Park. Right. Right. Wow, dinosaurs. Frog DNA. Very cool. And then Dolly the fucking sheep. Right, there's all this shit in the early aughts. Right, right, right. I mean, Dolly was 97, right? Oh, so, like, fuck. We got all this stuff going on. And then now I feel like, uh, yeah, cloning doesn't get talked about quite as much. A lot of shit the last few years, you know, last maybe 10 years. Cloning's kind of been a little bit out of the zeitgeist. Sure. But, but you know, despite that, it has been moving along. There's a lot of science there, and I think the people got to know about it. Okay? Yeah. So this episode is going to be cloning part one. We're going to talk about what cloning is right. and how we currently do it. Right. And then next time, we're going to talk about... Why should you even do it anyway? Right. <laughs> so cloning, the moral disaster of our times on Petri Dish. Just kidding. It's great. <laughs> I love cloning. When people talk about cloning yeah. out there in the real world. Right. You know, you're walking around, your mechanics working on your car talking about cloning. Right. They usually are talking about either something called reproductive yeah. cloning or something called therapeutic cloning. Right. They're like working under the car and they're like, man, I wish I could clone my mother-in-law. Right. Because she's great. 
Yeah. And, and we get along. Yeah, yeah. And quark, quark. She, I mean, she'd be a baby then. It'd be a little weird, but whatever. Oh, yeah. But you see... Could, <laughs> well, you can't just like... <laughs> I mean, that, that is why the mechanic's talking about it. Right, he right. wants a baby version of his mother-in-law. Gross. Anyway, I say that because biologists out there actually use the word cloning for a lot of biology-specific things. Okay. There's things like molecular cloning and stuff like that. And you yeah. can talk about, like, clonal expansion of cells. But... When we're going around, we're talking about cloning. We don't mean any of that shit. Yeah, we're talking about the fun sci-fi kind of like... Right. Make the whole new thing. Exactly. And so, to talk about that, there is this kind of dichotomy. And I'm going to get that settled first because right. even within reproductive and therapeutic cloning, both of which are science and are kind of cool, Yeah. what we really typically mean when we're talking about it is reproductive cloning. Okay, right. that's the one where at the end of it, you're supposed to get a little baby out of it or something. Or that's the thing that generated Dolly. That's the thing you would use to make dinosaurs if you're trying to do that. All right. of that's reproductive cloning. Do aphids, when they're doing like asexual reproduction, is that cloning? I mean, sometimes that gets called cloning. Usually when we think about cloning, we're talking about it in the sense of like humans doing it. Right. right? Like cloning is the thing we do to something to create a genetic copy of it. Right. So then what is therapeutic cloning? Yeah. Okay. Therapeutic cloning is basically... Using cloning techniques to make an embryo. Ooh, and then grow it up so you can take the liver, put no, it in your body. That, that, that would still probably actually end up being reproductive cloning. Uh, in this case, all you're doing is you're basically keeping it around for like maybe five days. And then you're taking it apart to get all of those embryonic stem cells. Right. Okay. So therapeutic cloning is actually really about stem cell stuff okay. okay and so at some point we're going to talk about stem cell stuff and like what could we use stem cells for right do we need to use embryonic stem cells those have a bunch of ethical things that people get really angry about sometimes right. except so, when it makes regeneron am i right yes exactly yeah, someone says fucking deer leader donald <laughs> bastards so yeah that's all therapeutic cloning shit yeah okay so that's the reason why this episode we're not actually going to like dive deep on the therapeutic side we're going to just stick to reproductive cloning because really when we're out and about that's what we're talking about right, right. at the end of the day all of the ethical questions are about does it make sense to put work and effort into trying to produce a genetic copy of something kind of depends on what you're genetically copying right exactly i mean if we had more shans save the world and it'd be like... So no one saw this, but when you were talking about... I was just going to say, when you were talking about having 10 shots, you were like holding them in your hands down by your crotch for some reason. <laughs> My baby. You know I mean? exactly. My 10 little beautiful shots. I, like, I don't think the 10 shots need to be by your nuts. You know what I mean? Like hold them up to your breast or something. Like, keep, them, keep them up. Anyway. Okay. So now that we've settled the difference between reproductive and therapeutic cloning... This episode, we're mainly talking about the reproductive one. Yes. Okay. The next kind of big question is, how do you actually do cloning at all? Right. So, to do that, we need to describe the process of somatic cell nuclear transfer. Jesus. Or SCNT. Okay. So, basically, the idea here, the main way to get a clone is you need to take an egg, okay, uh, aka an oocyte, that's what I'm going to call it for the episode, an unfertilized egg, Right. And you have to replace its genetic material. Okay. This is an unfertilized egg, so it only has like half the material that right. a cell would normally have. Okay. Right? So you take out the half, 
Yep. So you can put in the full. Right. Right. Okay. Basically an entire nucleus from some other cell. How do you even do that, like, mechanically? Like, you just, like, have to slice open the top, like a medieval guy drilling a hole in a head, and just like, bloop. Like, yeah. how do, what does that even mean? That's beautiful. Because <laughs> you actually you actually described one of the processes. Oh. Um, okay. The terminology thing yeah. is once you scoop the DNA out of one of these That's eggs. That's the terminology? <laughs> once you scoop the DNA out, it's called an enucleated cell. Okay. okay. Because it used to have a nucleus and now it doesn't. So enucleated right. oocyte. These poor shambolic zombie-like cells. <laughs> also sometimes called a cytoplast. Mm. Anyway. There's physically a couple of ways of getting that DNA out of there, okay? And one of them is called the traditional method, okay? Just like with champagne, there's the method traditional. Right, yeah, sure. And then there's the handmade method. Okay, yeah. So the traditional method is to usually take the oocyte and stain it with something a little bit so that you can see the DNA better. Right. Because you are literally going to go in with a little tiny needle and try to suck the DNA out of the cell. Wow. Yeah. You need, like, an electron microscope and everything, though, right? I mean, uh, you don't need an electron microscope, but you do need a microscope. A pretty wow. pretty good microscope, yeah. Okay, so that that sounds... And, like, steady hands, too. Yeah, right. right. Like... <laughs> <laughs> sounds hard, man. It is hard, yeah. and people have to train a lot to be able to do it well. Right. And, you know, that whole process takes time and is expensive and right. everything. And this you is why have... French embryos come at a higher premium, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's protected by the EU. (laughs) Definitely. The traditional method, dude, of champagne embryotic fucking research. So, I mean, that's clearly a lot of work. Yeah. And you need, like, really nice tools to be able to pull it off. Okay, so what's this this American not traditional method? So the handmade method is, like, we don't got time to train people well. Come on. Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. So typically what you do is you use chemicals to treat the cells a little bit. Okay. And in that process of treating the cells, you get the DNA to kind of clump up in sort of a corner of the cell. All right. And then you take like a really sharp knife and then you just cut the cell. Oh. So that you like cut out the part that has the DNA in it. So that, and that, I mean, because that sounds so much like worse for the cell, <laughs> but it's totally fine. It's not that big of a deal to chemically treat it and then cut it. Like, he's going to come out bad babies, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to be like James Dean. He's going to be like, ah! He's going to be damaged. They're kind of turning. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Uh, But the main point is that's the other option, right? So the handmade way is to, like, kind of go in with the knife. Damn. Kind of carve it up a little bit. Jesus, dude. All right, but either way, the main point is you're trying to get this enucleated oocyte. All right. That DNA is out of there. Okay, so now that it's out of there, how do you put the DNA in? Right. So right. you need a source, right? Okay. So that's the first step. You got to figure out what kind of cell you're going to take the DNA out of. Right. Okay. Now, hypothetically, in sort of like uh, in an ideal world, you could pick any kind of cell that has a nucleus, which okay. is most of your cells. Right. right. But this is not an ideal world. We live in a fallen Monarchian world. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Right. And we're... Uh, is Monarchism the one where there's like a demiurge or is that... Yeah. A... The demiurge is fucking us, dude. Yeah. That evil yeah. god. We're in an emanation, bro. So frustrating. Anyway, <laughs> I want to escape! <laughs> he cackles at us. <laughs> Free me! Whoa, what was I even talking about? Well, I got way too into <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Well, like in an ideal world, you could use any cell with right, 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 But right. in reality... Yeah, so when reality fully sinks in, right. which we'll talk about some of the details yeah, later... you've been red-billed. <laughs> so. the, the more differentiated the cell the more that the cell has like settled into a very specific role right the more altered its dna is okay so epigenetically like, so like a neuron won't do it's too fucked up you can try yeah 
but the success rate has been pretty poor. Right. Especially on my neurons. <laughs> like, have all sorts of medications. They basically and... quit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so... But, nonetheless, you pick a nucleus you want that right. has the DNA in it that you want. Okay? Well, it's a good cell. Uh, tongue? Um, it's very special. If you can get, like, ass. Like fetal fibroblasts those are great okay fetal fiber so you, i got some fetal fibroblasts nice okay and i how do i get the dna out of that fucker right there's a few different ways you oh. can just fucking pop open that cell just like rip it up right it doesn't matter if and the then cells grab that all nucleus. or you can kind of go in there more gently and kind of slurp up that nucleus too with like right. a little tiny uh you know a needle with the a same little, needle like thing. a straw basically okay, right Chris. so you can slurp up that little guy and that might be good because if you're doing the traditional method the way to get the nucleus into that cell right. that's now empty, right? Yeah. That empty cell is to poke a straw into it and kind of pop the nucleus in. Exciting. Okay. So that is one way to do it. If you're doing the handmade method, though, yeah. there's a different way. What is it? All right. What you do is you take your ennucleated oocyte and you take your nucleus that you got from somewhere else mm -hmm. and you toss them into like a little bit of liquid together. Are they and then, uh, not quite yet. No. You, you need some help for the kiss kiss. Ah, you okay. put some music. You need to use something called Stevie Wonder. Right? <laughs> got put on Intervisions. Yes, exactly. Living is just Makes that nucleus fuck. <laughs> uh, we are getting to that idea, actually. There is... A, uh, you're, you're really not that far off. Um, there is a protein that you add. Yeah. Called phytohemagglutinin. Mmm, yeah, baby. And phytohemagglutinin is actually something that you can find in beans. Nice. Including, uh, it's in really high amounts in red kidney beans. Oh, cool. And in white beans. You know, I was never a big fan of those kind of beans. Uh -huh. And I remember a couple times I was making chili with your recipe, but I was only using black beans. And then last time I just did it your way. And I was like, what was my fucking problem? Like, all these years. Like, this is great. Like <laughs> Maybe your problem is that this uh, phytohemoglobin oh, too much of it. is a toxin. Oh, shit. Yeah, it can oh, really fuck you up. Really? If you don't properly cook the beans. Right, because then it denatures or something, and it's, like, safe, right? Right, right. Yeah. That aspect of it being a toxin is actually oddly similar to one of the reasons why we use it in biology, like okay. molecular biology. So we put in this toxin into this nucleus and anucleated cell. Right, into the same little area, right? Was that, did I say that right? It's not anucleated. It's ennucleated. Ennucleated. But it's so close. The Aeneid. It's just a different, uh, different vowel. The Aeneid cell. <laughs> um, Aeneas. <laughs> so you toss in this phytohemagglutinin. Okay. And what phytohemagglutinin does is it makes cells clump together. Okay. And so it makes the nucleus and the ennucleated oocyte right. kind of kiss kiss. Gets in the mood. It makes them all clumped up together. And then the nucleus goes... Not quite yet. Oh, it okay. still needs a little bit of help <laughs> with electricity. You fucking zap the shit out of them. Damn, dude. And using that electricity creates really temporarily holes in the oocyte. Wow. And then the nucleus can kind of just slip on oh in. Oh my there. god. That sounds like the worst arranged marriage ever. <laughs> god damn. Slip on in there. Oof. Uh, <laughs> and boom. Now boom. you got this oocyte. It's got a full set of genetic material because you just pop that whole nucleus in right. there. And it's as if you had a fertilized egg now because okay. it's got the full set and That's it's ready cool. to go. All right. It just sounds so much easier just to bang. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are we cloning anything? Sure, yeah. That's next episode. <laughs> Man. Haven't you read Matthew Iglesias, dude? I We're on our way to make a billion Americans, baby. No problem. I basically started out that episode being like, is there a reason for cloning at all? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Which is, I think, a fair question. Anyway, yeah. now 
that whole process is kind of complicated. Yeah. And you could have fucked that up, like, pretty much any time along the way. Right, right, right. But even at this point, just because you gave an oocyte a full set of DNA does not mean that it has to decide to do the right thing that it needs to do, which is divide. Right. Okay? So, a lot of times you have a failure of what's called cleavage. Yeah. In that the cell does not cleave into two and then into four and right. then into eight and so on. Okay. Right? So is, is there a reason that that would happen? It's just like a certain number of fertilized eggs just don't do that. They just kind of fail mechanically for whatever reason. Yeah, I think the bulk, like most often reason why that wouldn't happen properly mm-hmm. is because of the nucleus you picked. Oh, okay. You just fucked up. You got a bad nucleus. Right. It might be one that came from something like a skin cell or something like uh, that. That's like kind of a little too... Differentiated. Differentiated, a yeah. little too epigenetically changed. Right. We'll talk at the end of this episode about some of the ways people are trying to get around that. Right. You gotta get like that good primo pure fucking bone marrow or something or something. I don't know. Well, so if you were just had to pick a nucleus based off of how well it was going to do in cloning, yeah. you would pick like the ethically difficult situation of like, oh, well, I need like a fetal nucleus or something like right, that. Right, you just get someone's baby. Bop, bop, bop. But see, like, in that circumstance, why are you doing the cloning anyway? Right. Because like, let's say, for example, in the situation where we're trying to clone a dinosaur or a woolly mammoth right. or something, we don't have that option. Right. right. We just have to use whatever fucking nucleus we can find anywhere. Right. Yeah. So in that situation, under those circumstances, we do need to figure out this problem of, even if you're given a shitty nucleus, yeah. is there a way to turn that into a successful clone? Yeah, yeah, I just want to pose this real quick. I know we're going to talk about it anyway, but like, I feel like we need to just get this out in the open. Yeah. Top reason to even do cloning. Like, my personal top? Yeah. Uh, More think, Sean's to fuck. No, I like, think you know, uh, real. introducing, quote-unquote, extinct genes. Right into currently existing populations of animals okay so cloning them not to produce perfect genetic clones but cloning them to produce individuals that have traits that might help them survive global warming or something like that okay okay that's cool yeah all right that would be my that's the only one that i think that's really the only one well there there are other ones that i think like they're they're varying degrees of fun or whatever but i think this one is that's like you know my top one Okay. whole planet of Elon Musk's uh-huh. just trading Dogecoin, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's my utopia. <laughs> just me and Elon Musk times one billion. <laughs> You're in us, Elon Musk and Nate. <laughs> Dogecoin, oh, swimming in it. <laughs> so musky. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, my shirt's off. I'm, I'm letting it loose. Anyway, so what uh, I was trying to say. Okay, oh, we're going to talk about that more later, though. We are. Yeah. yeah. In the next episode, we're going to go through sort of like, what's like the full list of all the reasons why people might want to clone. And then the full list of why you, full list of why you might not want to. Right, right. And ethical concerns and all kinds of shit, right? Yeah. So that's all next episode. Yeah. But basically, the main point that I was trying to make is like, even if you successfully do all of the steps to make this fertilized oocyte situation, yeah. it still might not divide. Right. And then even... You know, if it starts dividing, that's great. You keep it in, like, a dish for a week. And then you need to try to get it implanted into a uterus. Okay, so we still got to do, like... There's, like, an entire... There's an entire pregnancy that still needs to happen. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then, pregnancies fail all the time. Right. So that could still happen. Right. And, in fact, it seems like, compared to just the normal rate of pregnancies not working out... Yeah. Usually, when you're implanting one of these cloned... Oocytes. Right. 
it's usually worse. Right. Like, like my oocytes are very fecund. Like they did. They they go. They last, dude. Yeah. Like Duracell. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking battery packed my fucking balls, dude. <laughs> That's not true of all. <laughs> Why are you shooting oocytes? <laughs> That's not quite right. It's a personal question. <laughs> Well, that's a little confusing, but that's okay. We're going to move on. <laughs> uh, Walking then, right past that car accident. Yeah. <laughs> and then, even beyond the maybe the implantation doesn't work out, maybe the pregnancy fails. Right. A lot of times, even after they're born, clones don't work out so hard. Right. Like, didn't Dolly the b like, die pretty fast? <laughs> Respect Dolly. <laughs> like, I love Dolly Parton. <laughs> no, no, but the Dolly the sheep didn't last that long right didn't dolly sheep kind of die young or something i know uh, the clone dogs died young right? let's take a break okay. when we come back we're gonna talk about the track record this is a paid advertisement from fister you want to get wet you want to get chat download fister today I gotta... Fister, America's number one app for boxing lessons. Sean, tell me, tell me this. I have a big question for you. Yeah. Um, if you knew there was a clone of you, like a like a baby now, just born, yeah. would you want to raise it? Would you be okay with it existing, but just like, you don't want to deal, you want to know? Or would you like, kill it? Um, Only one Sean. I'm going to go with the uh, the middle option. Right. It's yeah. kind of a ship of Theseus kind of situation. It's got your cells, but like, you know, it could grow up to be all sorts of types of criminals, right? <laughs> I mean, plenty of people have identical twins. But would you feel weird at all if like you didn't raise your clone and then he turned out to be a bad, bad guy and like he had a bad childhood and he's like, why didn't you love me? <laughs> but if you love me, <laughs> like, Sean, <laughs> God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> like, I'm not going to feel bad. Fuck you, kid. <laughs> I'm sleepy. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't got time for that shit. Okay, so let's talk about the track record of cloning. Right. Okay. Not all clones turn as bad as Sean's clones. That's true. But That's a lot true. of them do. Well, not all of them are evil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the first mammal to be cloned in this kind of way, where we're talking about taking the nucleus from an adult cell and sticking it inside of an enucleated oocyte. It was a pretty famous lady. Yes. Named Dolly. Yeah. Dolly the Sheep in 1997. Yeah. Okay. And the process that created Dolly the Sheep failed a lot. Had a 96% failure rate. Jesus. Okay. So most of the times they gave it a shot, it did not work out. But Dolly was successfully born. And Dolly grew up to be able to have little sheep babies. So Dolly had kids like, and this is, we're talking like normal, like she met a nice male sheep and yes. they had kids. Yes. Okay. And so she died young, but not from, like, some weird genetic thing. She died right. from, like, an infection. So a lot of sheep on the same sort of, like, farm area that Dolly was in got infected by a particular virus that sometimes, you know, runs through sheep populations. And this virus is known to sometimes cause lung cancer. Okay. Okay, in the same way that HPV can cause cervical cancer in people. Right. And then, after being infected with that, a few years later... Dolly was found to have lung cancer. Right. And then was euthanized. So Dolly was six years old when she was euthanized. Right. And sheep have a tendency to live maybe like 10 to 12 years on average. Okay. But she did pretty well and might have very well lived to that age had it not been for this very naturally occurring infection. So it's really hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. Right. Because 
you know, when they looked in her cells, they were like, oh, her telomeres are kind of shorter. Mm. You know, that's interesting. So it seems like the telomeres weren't restored immediately. Right. And that's like the magic ambrosia of the gods that determines aging, right? You know, I would say less and less so in terms of like what right. people think. It kind of 20 years ago was like the miracle thing. Right. And now it's like, well, aging is complicated. Yeah. Like middle school me was like. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like. If we just lengthen the telomeres, we can live forever. Right. But, like, that's not how yeah. telomeres work or yeah. how aging works. It's just, like, one of the... It's the gift of the Valar. And there's no getting around it, right? Yeah, okay. Sure, yeah. why not? Yeah. Um. Anyway. Man of Numenor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, telomere shorter. She got arthritis. Yeah. At, like, kind of an early age. Right. When she got treatment for it, it got all better. So, it's, so like, it's a little hard to tell. she was a little little wacky yeah we just don't know if she had lived longer maybe she would have died from some terrible organ failure at age seven or something we just right. we don't know but we've cloned a lot of other stuff since then yeah so since then we have cloned other species cows mice goats pigs rabbits cats dogs ferrets deer buffalo camels yeah and in 2018 a non-human primate well what kind of primate was it uh rhesus macaque okay Okay. Yeah. So they're fun. Yeah. Okay. They're and fun. and I mean, what's their track record on average? Do these animals tend to do pretty well? Do they tend to do pretty poorly? That's a great question. So I'm gonna split up the numbers between two different sources of the nucleus. Mm. Okay. Because because we had said right where you get the nucleus from seems to matter a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So in one of the cases they got it from a fetus, and in the other case they got it from an adult. Okay. Okay. So for the fetus sourced clones. Yeah. Right. They tried 21 times. Out of those 21 times, there were six pregnancies. Yeah. And out of those six pregnancies, two healthy little baby monkeys. Yeah. Okay. Fun. Now, when they use the adult nucleus, which hypothetically, that's the tougher one, but that's the one that we would need to do if we were doing, you know, a lot of the, like if we wanted to de-extinct some animal species that we like. Right. There's no embryo of mammoths. Yeah, right. So it's not going to work out that way. Um, at least we haven't found one yet. And, you right. know, like, e- even if we wanted to resurrect the dodo or something like that that right. died more recently, we'd still have way more source of just, like, regular cells. Right. So, using the adult one, 42 attempts, 22 pregnancies. But out of those 22 pregnancies, only two babies. Wow. And they all died shortly after birth. Wow. Bummer. Yeah. Like, kill me. They spoke English, which is like really jarring. <laughs> it, it was odd. Kill me. <laughs> so, That's terrible, man. That is terrible. This You're mirrors... Terrible. Well, hold on. I'm not terrible. You're the one who did the voice. Start the reaction. These numbers kind of mirror something that was seen in a different experiment. Okay. okay. Where they were trying to bring back an extinct species, yeah. the Pyrenees ibex. Mm. Okay, which for was, listeners who don't know, the Pyrenees is a very, very long archipelago in the Indian Ocean. Why would you like? Prove people? me wrong. <laughs> I'll do this. It's a mountain range in the fucking place. Right, right, right. And in uh, <laughs> now I don't remember to say like that between France and Spain and shit. Yes, and Andorra. Right, yeah. and you know, so the they got this ibex that well, they don't have this ibex anymore. <laughs> right, so ibex are sort of I don't know, they're kind of. Deer-looking, yeah, elk-looking like dudes deer. with like really cool horns or whatever. Yeah, and the Pyrenees ibex were hunted a shitload right. because their horns were particularly big and cool. Yeah, and that's like literally all it takes for people to hunt something to extinction. Right. So they were like, "Let's try to bring this back." Right. right. And there were other ibex out there, so they were going to use the other ibex to be like the mothers. Right. Right. And they would just try to clone these eggs and pop them in, and they did have a successful 
Pyrenees ibex born. Mm-hmm. So they did successfully de-extinct the species for about a couple of hours. Right. And then that ibex passed away. Right. Because its lungs didn't develop properly. Wow. So clearly, there's some kinks to work out. You know what it could have used? With some oxygen enemas. <laughs> Should have sent it to Cincinnati, man. Man, that's a callback. Right in there, dude. Thank God. Um, so, I think it's pretty clear this process needs to be improved a little bit. Right. right? It's not ready for prime time. Let's take a little break. And let's talk about those improvements. Exactly. The following is an actual advertisement. Hey friends and potential lovers, have you ever felt so passionately after watching a TV show or a movie but not have a pal to share it with? Allow us the honor of keeping you company with our weekly podcast for your reference with your hosts, KT and OT. Each episode, we break down our hot takes that you'll either ardently agree or vehemently disagree with. Like subs versus dubs. How important is a cohesive narrative? What's with the popularity of the relatable villain? Is it possible to be truly objective in spite of your own experiences? And most importantly, are you getting a clue and which direction is it pointing? Come on now, it's pointing towards for your reference. That's a great reference. If you've got a little room in your rotation for some salacious frivolity, check out for your reference wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Sean, tell me, how can we improve upon this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the handmade method that I talked about earlier actually was invented to be an improvement on the traditional method. Okay. Because it's supposed to make the process easier. Yeah. And it seems to actually improve the percentage of embryos that successfully end up dividing. Okay. Right? So, we talked about how that's a potential hang-up, that, like, you could do this whole process and they might not divide. Right. Well, you know, when they compared the traditional versus handmade methods. Handmade was actually better. Right. Traditional had a 5% success rate and the handmade had a 12%. Okay. Wow. Okay. At least in the double digits. You know, that that is better. That said, one of the main steps of the handmade method is that chemical treatment that we talked about, which is actually supposed to remove an outer layer kind of around the oocyte called the zona pellicula. Okay. And... That kind of wraps around the oocyte, and sometimes what it does is it, like, helps keep it safe from things. Right, so it might be detrimental to get rid of it. Right, so there are some scattered reports that, like, maybe once you try to do the implantation part of it, those oocytes don't succeed very well during the pregnancy stage. Okay. So, like, the handmade method might be better leading up to implantation, but afterward it might fall short. So we got to figure out a way to keep this zona good. We got to keep our zona Right. Or do any other kind of supportive thing to try to help those be more successful during right. the whole pregnancy process. Like a bubble baby situation. <laughs> right. Yeah, get some saran wrap on there or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is what science is for. I hate using to... saran wrap. Oh, yeah? You don't like it? Yeah, it's I'm whenever I'm wrapping embryos. It like kind of clumps together <laughs> as it's coming out of the cutter and the cutter's broken. Oh, uh, I see. And now I, I just got embryo all over my saran wrap. <laughs> but in a bad way because it's all like... Yes. <laughs> that, that, that is the bad way. Yes. Okay, so... So basically, you can imagine there are some more refinements that could be made and a lot more studying that could be done on the side of it where you're trying to make that complete embryo. Right. right? But then there's the nucleus side, right? In terms of where you're getting the nucleus from. But more importantly, is there anything we can do to like an adult nucleus? Yeah. To make it work a little bit better? Because pretty clearly the adult ones are shitty in comparison. Right. Right. 
And so a lot of that would entail some kind of epigenetic reprogramming. Yeah. Because right now there's a whole bunch of marks all over that DNA saying things like, oh, you can't use this gene or you can use this gene because that nucleus belonged to a specific kind of cell. And those specific cells have specific genes they like and specific genes they don't like. Right. So there's basically a whole bunch of chemicals that change your epigenetics. Right. They need to figure out the right cocktail for it. Okay. There's got to be some mix of chemicals out there that can kind of remove a lot of those epigenetic marks in a way that makes that nucleus more like kind of, you know, an early nucleus. Okay. An embryonic nucleus. Okay. Or something. And, and so- after all that, we'll get to do something that's almost useless. <laughs> we don't know if it's useless yet. Yeah. We haven't done the next episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Save that kind of sass mouth for after the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, fair you enough. Fair enough. enough. Okay, cool. So basically, that's the whole process, right? And, and there are papers coming out all the time on like, oh, if you add this chemical, right. then they reach blastocyst level at a higher percentage or right. something. And that's all very cool, you know? They're all sort of little incremental findings, incremental steps moving forward to making the process more efficient. Cool. Which is definitely going to be necessary because some of these mammals that we want to clone, hypothetically... We can't fail as often as as this process is failing. Right. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's okay with sheep and mice or something, but right. like like we can't do that with ones that are we're trying to de extinct or something like that. Right. Jesus. What success rate do you think we'd need for this to like make any sense at all? I think the total success rate, we should probably have it in like at least the dub like early double digits. Like it should be in the teens at least. Yeah. It's way worse than that. Right. But we can only pull off like like, one or two of them at a time. Right. You need to, like, like have a guild-trained French fucking, <laughs> hand, hand, fucking embryo slaughter. <laughs> it's like, that takes decades to train. Yeah, exactly. It's all kind of crazy, right? I mean, like, there's so much infrastructure into making this not even work. Yeah, I mean, there are people who are doing things like trying to get robots to be able to, like, right. do the enucleating process and things like that. Uh, you know, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. And then... All this, again, kind of elides this deeper ethical questions, which I guess for me are, for me, the questions are more amoral and just utilitarian, right? It's like, is this worth doing? I think both of those things exist. It's like, is this worth doing in an amoral sense? And then also, somewhere along the line, morality can come into play here. Like, are are, are all of these things the right thing to do? That's going to make our next episode pretty uncomfortable since morality, you and me, it's not like, it's not our space jam, you know what I'm saying? Space jam is our space jam. We'll just see how much Stacey furrows her brow at any particular point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how we'll know if it's amoral or not. (laughs) Cloning is worth doing because it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so yeah, let's thank Stacey Song, our sound lord, engineer, animator, and moral barometer. Yes, thank you, Stacey keeping us in check with your disappointed face. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Brian, for art. And uh, we have a Gmail account at PetriDishPod at gmail.com, a Twitter account at DishPodcast, uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash PetriDish. And thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week for Cloning 2. You're very brave. Return of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. (laughs) Cloning 2, Attack of the Clones. (laughs) Order 66. The Bad Bunch! <laughs> Disney Plus! Someone has to stop. Anthony it. Mackie! You gotta stop. Eight miles! Don't do <laughs> right. See you guys.
Yeah.